Good morning. Thank you so much for leading us this morning and thinking a, a lot about being released in praise um, and how that might look if you face something quite unexpected. And we're going to think about that a little bit more this morning. Because over this Advent period, many of you will know, just looking at the, the signs and on the screen, we've been following this idea of Christmas being um, expected in some ways, but in many ways, there's so many elements of the story that are un- unexpected. And in fact, sometimes it's so unexpected that it takes the people involved totally by surprise puzzlement and even fear. But before I start, I just want to take you back a little bit, maybe, into your memory banks. And for some of us, this will be a bit further back than others in the congregation. But I just want you to go back to a point in your life when you were about the age of 14 or 15. I wonder if you can think about where you might be, um, who you might be with, how it felt to be that age. I wonder what dreams you had when you were about that age, 14 or 15. Because it's a time, isn't it, of great expectation. Maybe you were simply just hoping, or are, if you're about that age, just to get through your exams and just get through school. That would be fantastic. But you might have other dreams as well. Maybe you're thinking about learning to drive, getting your own car. It might be that you've got dreams of studying or learning a trade, going into profession. You might want to travel. You might want to fall in love. You might want to marry. You might want to own your own home. You might want to live independently. And for a lot of us at that age, we want to make a difference, don't we? We want to believe that our lives are going to make a difference as we go forward. It's a time of dreaming. It's a time of potential And it's a time of real expectation, dreaming what life might be like. So today, after we've thought about what that might look like for us, maybe around 14, 15-year-olds thinking about what life might be, we're going to travel and go through a little bit of a journey with another young woman who um, some scholars say was maybe even as young as 13. She was very young. This is Mary. And she had great plans at this point in her life. And like uh, many young women in her time, she had a plan to marry. She'd honoured God by staying a virgin. And uh, she was now engaged to her Joseph. And life was full of expectation. She was preparing to get married and to move in with him, to set up a home. Maybe she was dreaming dreams as well. She knew that they were poor, But she had a dream of helping Joseph in his business. And maybe at some point they might have some children, if God willed. What an exciting time for Mary. So full of expectations and what she thought life might be like. I can remember that time of engagement. I can remember that time of planning. Um, It was a great time of excitement, I think, for me. Alistair and I were in different parts of the country. And um, we would try and meet up as much as we could at weekends. Um, And uh, Alistair was much better at preparing than me. He'd often bring me a special gift each weekend for our new home. So each each weekend I'd wonder what he might bring that weekend. 
And one weekend, he turns up with an ironing board. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> oh, that's amazing, I thought. That's really brilliant. That means maybe that once we're married, I'll be able to defer all the ironing to Alistair, because obviously a really important object for him. Um, but unfortunately, those expectations didn't quite um, carry through. Mind you, Alistair might have thought, I'm an independent woman, do look after my home, do my shopping. Uh, maybe I'm going to be the one to do all the cooking. Maybe he expected that, but unfortunately that didn't really come true either. And I'm very fortunate he's married to a man who's a fantastic cook, so that was really good. But some of these examples, they might, be quite, they might seem quite mundane, almost ordinary, talking about um, ironing boards and cooking thinking about Mary being engaged to her Joseph, ready to move in with him. This is just an ordinary couple thinking about what life might like, might, what it might be for this young Jewish woman, this young Jewish couple. She wasn't anything special. She wasn't a princess or royalty. In many ways, she wasn't mature in, in, the, in the ways of the world. She wasn't rich. She was just an ordinary young woman preparing um, to get married. But then, everything changed. God entered into that orderliness, into her everyday life, and everything changed. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel? Since I'm still a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Thank you. So into all this ordinariness, an angel broke into Mary's life. Can you imagine that moment for her as she was maybe going about her ordinary business, finishing a chore, possibly at the end of the day, alone in the house, and then all of a sudden, this amazing um, heavenly being before her, Gabriel, telling Mary not to be afraid. And if that wasn't unexpected enough, there was also this message that he brought 
from God, that God had favoured her, that he'd chosen her for a really important role that was going to change the world, that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her, that God's power would fill her, and that she would then miraculously conceive the Son of God. That must have been a most extraordinary, perplexing, unexpected moment for this ordinary young woman. This wasn't quite what she had in mind. She wasn't expecting to be expecting at that point in her life. This maybe wasn't part of what she dreamed of, this strange plan from God that she would conceive a child out of wedlock. For an engaged godly Jewish woman like Mary, this would have been quite a shocking thing to get her head round. This wasn't quite how first century society worked. Imagine the gossip. Imagine the accusations towards Mary. And let's not underestimate the implications of Mary going along with God's plan. It had huge risks. It could mean divorce from Joseph. And we know from Matthew's account um, of the Christmas story that Joseph considered this. But it also could have involved public humiliation, potentially even being stoned to death if she went along with this plan. I can't imagine at that point as the message came to Mary that it was really what she was hoping for as she thought about her future. But then there's Mary herself. The Jewish people were expecting a Messiah. They knew from their scriptures that the Messiah was going to be a descendant of Jacob and David. The prophet Isaiah had already told them what would happen, that in a miraculous way, a virgin would give birth to a son. And Mary did meet all these expectations from scripture. But she must have fleetingly wondered at this point if she really was the woman that was going to be chosen to do this job. She was young, she was poor, she was just ordinary. She was from a backwater in Nazareth. And no wonder Luke tells us that she pondered on Gabriel's greeting. Was she really the favoured one that the prophets had spoken about? Yeah, as I started to spend a little bit of time with Mary, I really enjoyed preparing for this sermon and thinking about her experience and her response. I began to realise that maybe God's unexpected plan for her wasn't as unexpected as you might think. If you had a really important mission that you'd been planning for thousands of years, a mission that was going to be crucial to the world's future that would save the world, that would bring healing, that would bring justice. Who are you going to choose for that mission? What sort of person might you entrust your most precious gift, your son to, to deliver that mission? What sort of character might you look for? Maybe someone who's trusting Someone who's brave, who speaks back at angels, would be a good start, wouldn't it? Someone who asks questions and wants to find out more. How about a person who has compassion, 
who has a heart for those in need, someone who's prepared to speak out for justice, maybe even be regarded by some as subversive in what they say. I definitely want someone that was positive about a challenge presented to them, someone who's ready to embrace the new thoughts or ideas that breaks into their lives. And I'd need someone who was prepared to give me their all. And as we read through these, um, these passages um, in Luke, we discover that Mary had all those things. She was a woman who worshipped God with all of her being. She was someone who was secure in her identity as being blessed by God. She had that confidence. She knew God intimately. She spoke to him deep from within her heart. And she was a young woman who wanted to stand up for justice. She had deep compassion um, for the world and those around her. And she was a woman who had hope. She believed in hope. And as we, um, as we read through further into the Gospels, we find that she was someone who stored up all these experiences in her heart. She thought about them. She didn't let them go. And then she was someone who shared them. She started to talk and share this amazing message, this amazing good news. And um, in fact, Luke tells us the very next, and then the very next passage, that the first thing that she did was that she rushed out to share the good news with her cousin. She was the first person to bring the gospel of good news. But she was also at that point a woman who had no idea when that angel came to her what God was really calling her to do. She couldn't see the road ahead. And again, we know from the Gospels that there'll be moments of amazing joy for her, but there would also be points when her heart would break through the experience um, that God had called her to. Yet here, at this point in her life, her young life, right at the beginning of being an adult, she has an encounter with an angel. She gets this most unexpected news um, and she decides to step forward, and she does so willingly and joyfully. And these are the words that she says. She says, I am your servant, Lord, that real sense of humility, and may your word to me be fulfilled. That's the idea of real trust that she had. So I don't think the choice of Mary was particularly unexpected. God knew Mary's heart. He knew the woman that she was. She knew the woman that she would become. And God chose well. And I think this is why this story is really compelling for us. And it's um, a really important story that we can learn from. And I think there's some key things that it teaches us today um, about faith. The first thing is about calling. There's something in this story about how God uses ordinary people, just like Mary, to deliver the plan that he has to rescue, to bring peace, to restore, to bring healing to our world. And it's a real reminder to us that that's, that's us. We are ordinary people. We are people that God wants to use to bring the good news to the world. 
At this moment, I'm just going to pause because I particularly want to talk to some of the younger members in our congregation. I think there's a real key thing in this story about how God used a young person, maybe 12, 13, in a very powerful, real way. So never underestimate what God can do when you're young. You don't need to wait to be older, to be more mature. God can use you where you are and when you're younger. And that was the case for Mary too. So for us here, are we people, are we a church who know that God is calling us to bring his good news to others? And then the next thing I noticed was Mary's attitude. It's really powerful, isn't it? She could have turned away. She could have been so fearful that she um, became immobilized. She could have stopped. She could have run away. But she didn't do that. She stood up and she made herself available to God. But she did it in an amazingly positive way. She, she responded with praise and with joy. It was a huge risk to her, but she made the decision that she would trust God and step into what he was calling her to. And so as I thought about this, I think that's a really um, important word for us as a church as we think about moving into the future, into 2020. Are we ready for the call that God has for us? Are we ready for new things? Are we ready for change? And what's our attitude going to be? Are we going to respond with, yes, God, use me, use us? And are we going to respond in worship and in joy as we move forward in some of the new things that God has for us? And then finally, there's a reality that sometimes we don't always focus on that we can miss in this story but that God didn't ask Mary to just get on and do this on her own. He equipped her, didn't he? He filled her with the Holy Spirit. And this story couldn't have happened without the Holy Spirit. It was the, uh, the Holy Spirit was the catalyst. It was what, this is what the centre of the story is all about. This story of miraculous conception of Jesus, it's been dis, uh, of Mary with uh, of Jesus, has been discussed, hasn't it, for thousands of years by historians and theologians and skeptics and even famous bishops um, have been have talked about this story because it has a really unexpected storyline, doesn't it? It doesn't quite fit into our nice, neat, humanly um, ex- expectation, organised way of the way that we perceive the world but it totally fits into the way that God works. This is a story about our creator God who broke through the expectations of our world and its limits, and he came in power and he did the unexpected. This is our same creator God who was able to raise Jesus from the dead, who can form and was able to form a child inside a woman, who created a son who was fully human and yet fully divine. This is the unexpected mystery and power of Christmas, of God reaching down on earth and literally coming himself as Emmanuel, God with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And one writer, Tom Wright, puts it like this. He says, Mary is the supreme example of what happens when God is at work by grace through human beings. God's power from outside and the indwelling of the spirit within together result in things being done which would have been unthinkable in any other way. 
Romans tells us that it's this same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that now lives in us as people of faith. And just like Mary, the Holy Spirit can work in us and equip us and enable us to do the things that God is calling us to do. So as we finish now, um, we're going to play a a clip, a modern day um, poem that's um, centred or um, inspired by Mary's song, Her Magnificat, and I hope you enjoy it. I'd also like you to maybe take some of these thoughts forward into this week as we prepare for Advent. Think about this story of a young, ordinary, extraordinary young woman who loved God and joyfully welcomed the Lord Jesus into her life and who sets an example for us to be people who are open to the Holy Spirit, open to new things that God might be calling us to, even if they are unexpected. Amen.